all adoption begins with the trauma of separation and loss, whether that is an infant or an older child. This was something that was honestly lost on me. And one of the reasons I started to write was that, you know, our daughter had two really traumatic events and it was a long journey to, oh, I don't know, everything from acclimating to culture and food and caregivers and and there was so much there. Well, first I decided to write about the experience. So I wrote a, a memoir. And then just something I'm, I'm so passionate about is communicating to other uh, prospective adoptive families about the trauma, the separation, the loss, and that love is not, as harsh as that sounds, I mean, love is not the answer for everything. Love is not going to fix everything. Do you want to wake up feeling like you're stepping into who you're meant to be? It's the best possible version of you. What if I told you that the key to your best life, health, and happiness are all around you? You just have to find what works for you. I'm Hope Pedraza, and I believe that there isn't just one way to live a healthy and meaningful life, and that all you need is a little inspiration to make changes that last from the inside out. Each week, I'll be sharing tangible tips and inspirational interviews to help you on your journey. These are the steps to take to improve your life and live with purpose. This is Hopeful and Wholesome. Hey y'all, welcome back to Hopeful and Wholesome. Today I have on the show Anna Maria Didio, and she is a social worker and adoptive mother who was inspired to write her memoir, Love at the Border, an adoption adventure after her only family's journey. And now she has a series, the Life Adventure series of children's books that really feature stories about adoption and foster care, trauma, identity, attachment, and grief. And her mission is to encourage open and honest exploration about what children are thinking and feeling within their own unique family after adoption or foster care. And this is what we're talking about in today's episode. She has such a fantastic story, uh, her adoption story and of love and heartbreak and hardship and struggle, but ultimately love. It's such a good, it's such a good picture of what, what a blended family and what blended family love really looks like. And she's going to share her story. And for those of you in your life who are contemplating adoption, or you have adopted, you're thinking about adoption, you have someone in your life who is on this path. This is such a good episode to share with them and to share this memoir that she has and these books that are for kids and the books that she has. And she'll talk about the books in the episode. And if you watch the video, on YouTube, she'll, she'll show you some of the books. She, it's such a great way for kids to feel like they're not alone, right? She talks about it, like there's these kids that are sharing their experiences in the books and it just really helps. It helps everybody. There's a lot involved when it comes to blended families and she's going to go into all of this. It's such a good conversation. Let's jump in. All right, y'all, let's jump in. I'm here with Anna Maria and I'm so excited for her to share her story today and talk about really a topic we've honestly never had on the show talking about adoption and that journey and what that looks like. So I'm excited for you to share your story and just provide insight for so many families looking for, yes. for hope. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yes, of course. So I guess let's just start with your journey and your journey through adoption and what made you want make the decision to adopt and, and kind of what that looked like for y'all? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, as many, uh, our journey began as many uh, adoptive families began with infertility. Mm. So we had, I knew there was an issue, you know, when I married um, my husband, because I was married previously and uh, had trouble conceiving. Mm -hmm. And then we started the infertility treatments, you know, all over again. So 
we had those problems addressed and it was still not happening. So we looked into adoption, signed up with, with an agency, and lo and behold, I was pregnant. Oh so gosh. we did have a, a beautiful baby girl. And then, but the, the, the chance to add to our family at that point was just not happening. And mm-hmm. uh, so we looked to adoption again and it was interesting because there were so many choices, you know, adoption has changed so much um, <clears throat> during those years. And obviously since then, um, but at first we focused on domestic adoption and uh, open adoption agencies looking for an infant. And then, you know, one delay after another, the agency that we originally signed with closed and it was really quite a, um, it's just tough to to kind of wait these things out. Then suddenly our daughter was six, seven years old. So we began to look into the prospect of adopting an older child. Mm. And just by chance, I saw an article in our local news about a um, a church that was sponsoring a camp for uh, children from an orphanage in Mexico. And at the end of the article, it said, and these children are eligible for adoption. So I contacted them and that began the journey with our international adoption experience and Mexico. How cool was that? So, so then what was that like for you in kind of starting this blended family where, you know, I know a lot of people who adopt, they, they want a baby, right. They want to start Mm -hmm. like, you know, from infancy. And so it is, I'm sure it's a different experience when you're starting with, you know, an older child. So what was that experience like for you and kind of blending those Mm -hmm. two together? Mm Well, well, first the commonalities, I mean, all adoption begins with the trauma of separation and loss, whether that is an infant or an older child. So the specifics that you're referring to, it's interesting because this was something that was honestly lost on me. And one of the reasons I started to write was that, you know, our daughter had two really traumatic events. The orphanage in Mexico was really, I'll say, just a wonderful environment. The women that cared for the children oh, were loving, uh, referred to as Tia's mm-hmm. and, um, and and we're still in touch with them to this day. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, so she had the trauma of leaving that. And right. at seven years old, when she Aww. was, uh, you know, one day going to sleep in Cuernavaca, Mexico, and the next day living in suburban yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah, that's all she's known. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she had, um, you know, trauma two times over. Yeah. And it was a long journey to, oh, I don't know, everything from acclimating to culture and food and caregivers and and there was so much there. Well, first I decided to write about the experience. So I wrote a, a memoir and then just something I'm, I'm so passionate about is communicating to other uh, prospective adoptive families about this, uh, the trauma, the separation, yeah. the loss, and that love is not as harsh as that sounds. I mean, mm-hmm. love is not the answer for everything. Yeah. Love is not going to fix yeah. everything. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to ask you next, because I mean, it, it does seem like, oh, love is enough when you can, you know, build a strong, but it, but it's, it doesn't mm-hmm. fix the trauma. Right. So what are, I mean, what did y'all do is in terms of like, you know, helping her adjust. And then, you know, you had your other Mm -hmm. daughter helping her adjust and then just Mm -hmm. being able to cope with all that. 
Well, I, I'd say it, it's interesting. My advice and our strategy really turned out to be kind of threefold. First, we networked or contacted and sought out as many other adoptive families as possible just to kind of get a familiar uh, idea of what was what was what was their journey like yeah. what what's happening what mm-hmm. just kind of stay in touch with their experience some had adopted from mexico and others other situations so that was super helpful then when just looking at our own family and what we needed to accomplish uh i i thought it was just so important to identify a professional mm-hmm. and give my daughter the opportunity to talk to someone else that was not us right. <laughs> so right. mm-hmm. um even though you know we loved her to pieces she had to be able to say things and build up trust and i you know i honestly don't know how well we achieved this um uh the um a therapist through the years changed and uh as as her needs changed. Mm-hmm. So it was just wonderful though to connect with these folks, you know, through yeah. the years and have them help her. And then all, while all that was going on, we were also doing our, our research, just, you know, what books to read, what was what was primal wound, what what does that mean? And how how do uh, how do families address that, what to be aware of. So all that took place over years. And it wasn't as if uh, and that's again the reason I decided to write was that I just didn't know this coming in. Sure, it would have. I think the uh, my books, my message, uh, message, an informed message can really benefit families. Yeah, for sure. Now, what was that? The whole like working through the primal wound and all of that. Like, how did what did that look like for y'all? Well, that is a day by day adventure. So, <laughs> you know, I just tried to be as present as I, as I could. And, and with both girls, we have, um, you know, we always try to oh, just basics eat together. I participated in their sports and their brownies and they're just, you know, be active and present. And, um, we had many tutors throughout the years. Mm-hmm. Um, English took hold very quickly, but at the same time, there were struggles because English was not her first language. Right. And um, so, and for a while they went to the same school and then my older, uh, older daughter went to actually a different high school. So that sort of helped. So mm-hmm. different strategies at different yeah. years yeah. and just keeping attuned to that was really yeah. kind of the key. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what inspired you because now you're writing children's books and you have your memoir, yes. but now you're writing children's books. And so what inspired you to start writing children's books and um, kind of lend your experience mm-hmm. to other blended families? Well, I began to think, well, first of all, I enjoyed writing so much. And I thought, what was the vehicle where I could communicate to uh, children and parents alike? And it, this reading experience is really just so valuable. So I've put together, uh, actually it's a, it's a series. And right now there are three books. Um, two of them are right here. The third one's about to be launched. So there's, um, many people to love. That's the first one. And it's just celebrating uh, the love uh, of the adoptive family. And Mm -hmm. the next book is uh, called how I wonder where you are. Mm. And it's the same girl. So the three books is, is the same family. And the um, the main character, Carla, 
is, you know, reflecting on her experience, Mm -hmm. noting that she does not look like her sister. Mm -hmm. And where did she come from? Who is she? Um, What are her roots? And so I thought this was so important to kind of acknowledge and honor the the birth mother, the the birth family in the adoption triad, Mm -hmm. and uh, have that as, as as a message to families that it's your love is wonderful and your love will sustain this child, but the love does not take the place of the family that is unknown to him or her. So there's always that wondering, and that's not a bad thing. That's just what this triad that I'm referring to is all about. So, Mm -hmm. and then the third book is very exciting. It's called Carla, the conqueror, Mm -hmm. and it's for children uh, who uh, does not have English as a first language and a struggle in in the classroom to read specifically to read aloud so building confidence oh, yeah. uh, and courage to read aloud in yeah. class that's so. so cool i love yeah. that what do you find as far as is i mean because there's a lot of challenges i'm sure you know just throughout the whole process i know mm-hmm. there's a lot of challenges what did you find was the most difficult part for you in the journey? And what do you think was the mm-hmm. most difficult, the difficult, most difficult part for your daughter, your adopted daughter that for her? Well, for me, it was, it was not having that, um, like I'll say a positive continuum or love equals wonderful family. Love mm-hmm. equals a great relationship. Mm-hmm. There was love there, mm-hmm. but, um, it, it was it was difficult for her to accept our sure, love if that sure. if that makes sense yeah it does mm-hmm. I, I remember one um like a back to school night i'm sure your listeners are familiar mm-hmm. with that so back mm-hmm. to school night we're we're at school and the um our our daughter i think was in second grade she started in second grade and the assignment was in the hallways all the artwork so mm-hmm. draw a picture of someone um who means so much to you, who means, who, who is important in your world, who means so much to you. So I was at back to school night, kind of like skipping down the hallway, expecting to see this big poster board of, of me. <laughs> like what? Oh <laughs> no. And I get there. What am I thinking? And there's her name is at the bottom of the poster board, but it's someone that I have no idea who this is. There's oh a blonde gosh. woman holding a baby. I said, what? in the world. And so she explained herself and it was, you know, I couldn't help but be disappointed, but how silly was that? She has to find her own path to me. And she was, it was not a direct line. And that was what was hard Mm -hmm. for me. And, 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 you know, equally for her, it was hard for her to accept that this is um, you know, this was, this was her, her life now. Yeah. It just, it just took time. And yeah. I thought it was like, oh, oh great. Here we oh, are. Oh, we're a family. We're, yeah. We're a family. Isn't this wonderful? <laughs> it's mm-hmm. everything I wanted. And mm-hmm. two lovely girls. Well, no, that does not happen in a year or two or three. It took many years mm-hmm. with ups and downs. And mm-hmm. that's part of what I hope the books will send in, in, as much as they can in a children's mm-hmm. story, just kind of open yeah. that door to that thought yeah. that it is a process. Right, right, right. And and I, and I think too, just um, like the acceptance of that, like, you know, not trying to fight the journey, right? Like accepting that this is part of the process exactly. and it's, you know, yes. being okay mm-hmm. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was there a, I mean, I know you said this took years, but was there a moment that sticks out in your head where you were like, okay, 
now we're a family. Like now things are clicking. Was there a moment that sticks in your head that kind of identified that that time? There were oh, there were little there were little victories all along, along the way. Along mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her, mm-hmm. you know, participation in the school play. The the school play, as I as I write about in my memoir, was Annie, oh, of course. Cute. Yes, of course. And so <laughs> and the um main character, Annie, was our older daughter. Mm-hmm. So here we were sitting watching this play out on stage, and our, you know, we had just literally just come from the orphanage and our our daughter is on stage, you know, hard knock life. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is so, but she had the, um, just the presence to go through this and be in the chorus and learn the songs. And so she, she's a tough, was always a a, a tough kid, very resilient Mm -hmm. and has shown that all through, you know, and of course now she's graduated from college. She's a professional woman. So she's, you know, shown her true colors all along. And I knew it was, it was headed in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That's so cool. What, what would you give, what is, I guess maybe you've multiple ones, but the, the best pieces of advice or the biggest pieces of advice you can give families who are either like maybe they're going through the process of mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. the adoption process or they're in the process of like blending their families. The biggest advice for those families uh, is, is to just be realistic with your expectations. Mm-hmm. And through that, other families reading and um, networking with uh, interviewing professionals about what you should be aware of and and getting those expectations kind of reeled in. Uh, realistically is really the best that that advice I could give. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great advice. That's great advice. Well, and thank you for bringing this conversation. I think, you know, I've dealt with family and friends who have either contemplated adoption or, you know, tried adoption. I've had um, clients I've worked with that they've tried adoption and it's a hard process. And I know like the, the, the friends that I've had that have tried, it's been, you know, domestic and it, it's just, it's, it's a, it's an emotional, long emotional process. And so I'm so glad that there's resources out there like you and your books. And I love that you've made it children's books and so that you can really like, you know, get the family in on it and have it, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. show the perspective to the families and to the kids. So I love that you're, you're bringing this story to that level too. So, so you raise a good point in that the, uh, the data shows that most of the adoptions in the U.S. now are domestic, mm-hmm. and there uh, there's a great number of foster to adopt. Right. So that is also a journey that has its own ups and downs. Yeah. So, you know, I have a close family member that that did that, and I also would like to write about that. Although not, that mm-hmm. was not not my direct experience, my mm-hmm. family does have experience with that, and there are different you know, hurdles right. and right. different timetables. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, 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 but the, the advice is sort of the same is, is figure out how the processes are, are different and work with professionals in, in, the, in the foster field. And it's just, um, there are many other issues th- to be addressed. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. So as we um, kind of wrap up this conversation. Can you let everyone know where they can find out more about you and all of these books and books to come where they can follow along? 
well, the books are uh, for sale on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, but Perfect. all of the uh, links are on my website and that's amdido.com, A-M-D-I-D-I-O.com. So there's there are some resources, um, free gifts, resources in the uh, on the website, and things that we use as part of our family uh, togetherness. Some, you know, mixy mixed up recipes like um, Latin lasagna and, oh, and uh, family favorites. Um, I think there was a lot of healing that took place in the kitchen. Totally. Where we, yeah. Where we did some, uh, you know, it was a good way to have the girls kind yeah. of work together. Yeah. And uh, they turned out to have completely different personalities, How which funny. is somewhat interesting. That is interesting. Um, <laughs> I I grew up, you know, close to well, one, very close to one of my sisters. And you just, you, you sometimes you think that's automatically going to yeah. happen, but it does not. It doesn't. It does not. Yeah. <laughs> so that was another kind of lesson for me yes. that it just things have to evolve you yes, know, naturally. naturally. And, uh-huh. But still, as a family, we treasure those times together, vacations yeah. and things. Yeah. So that's a little glimpse of that, uh, on, that on my website. I love the food piece. Food brings people together. So I love that that's how you were able to kind of connect both worlds. That's so cool. I love yes, that. especially cookies. Yeah, yeah, totally. Definitely does. <laughs> Okay. So the question I want to finish off with that I like to ask everybody, what do you think is the most important thing you can do to live with purpose? Is be true to yourself. Mm. I mean, what, what is it that you are seeking in this world and what will, what will you contribute to this world? And, and just assess that honestly and truthfully and, um, and, and, and be there for, uh, for that, for that purpose. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. Thank you so much, Anna Maria. Thank you for sharing your story and for just doing what you're doing to support other families, um, blended families and families going through adoption and for sharing all of that with us today. Thank you. Thank you. It was really nice talking with you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Hopeful and Wholesome, y'all. If you found value in this week's episode, please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and leave a review to let me know what you thought. I'd love to know what you find useful in these episodes so I can know how to provide the most value I can to my listeners. And if you have topics you'd like to know more about, I'd love to hear those as well. So shoot me a message on Instagram, Facebook, or LinkedIn. It's at the Hope Pedraza, or you can visit my website, hopefulandwholesome.com. Thanks, y'all.